Ashi, and I want to thank you for being here today. We have special guest Bernard Gunther joining us. He's going to share his wisdom and his way with us. He's an amazing uh, body worker, um, alchemist, and wisdom keeper. He will share with us how to shine a light on those dark aspects of ourself and the world around us and bring light to them so that we can walk in balance and harmony with the world around us. Without further ado, let's dive in with Bernard. Bernard, I want to thank you for being here today. I'm really excited to have this discourse uh, that is really centric around your work, uh, which is uh, not commonplace, but well-followed globally, I would say. Um, First of all, I would, one, just want to express gratitude for you being on the forefront to kind of be in that leadership role to kind of explore and talk about concepts that might, as I just mentioned, scare people. (laughs) So within this interview, I hope that we can invite everyone to kind of open up, um, if they're not already, to think beyond what they might know or perceive. Um, So with that being said, what I'd love to start with is if you could share with the listeners, uh, because you have a great body of work and information on your website and on your social media sites, uh, primarily on Facebook is where I I follow you, Um, if you can share with the listeners on what it takes to actually welcome yourself into uh, a space of wanting to explore both sides of the universe, meaning that we have a polarity within our universe that's there for a reason, yet to keep ourselves in a place where we can uh, operate and function in it without getting into harm's way. Okay. Well, first of all, thanks for having me and uh, appreciate uh, this interview. So are you asking also more about my personal story or just in general um, with regards to what we're dealing with in this world? Uh, you can approach it however you wish. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was just, I was just, I was just wondering, yeah, because, uh, you know, I want to make clear like that, you know, we all have our own personal paths, right, in terms of what we're doing in our world. And, you know, in my personal work over the past 20 years, that kind of opened up. And, you know, the trigger was more like, you know, the sincere search for truth and questioning everything we've been told and taught and mostly, most often triggered by suffering or triggered by not being able to fit in. And especially in this day and age, these are some crazy times and energies, right? And we're trying to make sense of it and living this life on planet Earth and not, we're not really being told and taught about how to deal with our emotions and, you know, to create more deeper inner fulfillment. But I'm mostly chasing something in the outside, trying to fulfill a hole we have deep within, right? And right. uh, with, with regard to these polarities, you know, we then most often forget that we live in this 3D physical reality. We live in duality, right? That's what it comes down to. So the one cannot exist without the other. The male not with the female, the dark not with the light. Uh, but we're always trying to also, you know, pursue pleasure and pleasure and trying to avoid pain, but both go together as well. Mm, yep. <laughs> like on a political spectrum or globally, we're trying to get rid of the bad guys, the quote-unquote evil guys, they want to have the good guys. Or, on, you know, even literally on the basic political spectrum, you have people identified with the left and they want to convince or get rid of the right and vice versa, but not realizing that the moment you identify yourself with one side or just to support one side, you automatically create the other side. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. With all its variations. 
and it's a closed loop, right? Mm, yep. So from a bigger picture perspective, and that's really what deeper spiritual esoteric work is all about, especially the inner work, it is uh, about transcending duality. And transcending duality doesn't mean to escape the world into some state of samadhi and just, you know, live out in, in, in a cave somewhere or the monastery. It's just really an inner development to be in this world but not of this world and not mm. be so affected by the outside world and all these polarities, but see also the bigger picture, even see the purpose of evil and what we call evil, so to speak, and, and understand uh, you know, the teaching function in light of the evolution of consciousness because that's really what we're in, and especially intensifying during this, what I call time of transition, right, in esoteric teachings, especially Christian esoter- esotericism, I have called this time the time of transition, and you see the many other uh, prophecies and other teachings that we are kind of in a transitional phase, and that trans- transitional phase is spans over a few hundred, if not thousand years, uh, because we as human beings, we are also a, transi- a transitional being. We ha- haven't stopped evolution, right? Correct. <laughs> and there's still a long way to go, and so everything, you know, comes up for us to confront and look at within ourselves or also in, in, in the outside world. So, but again, like the most, most of the struggle people experience is because they get caught in uh, binary thinking, duality, and trying to choose one over the other and not understanding more the holistic interrelationship of life and how what the one defines the other or almost creates the other in that sense. Well said, and I've been saying that uh, a lot lately, be in the world, be in this world, but not of it. If you could share with the listeners an example where we could objectively stand back and see, you know, that if we have bad versus good, so and quote, or any dualistic perspective, where and how from a deeper level they serve right now as the universe as we perceive it is constructed. And then beyond that example, if you can share what you've had glimpses of is possible because once, if we're willing to like let go of the dualistic attachments, there's something juicier beyond that, and not in the sense of grasping at sense pleasures, but it's a, a totally different operating system. Yet we tend to, and right now, even within my own inner work, you get pulled back into that loop. You know, it's like, oh, I'm back <laughs> in this dualistic loop, but there's something else that's accessible, and that I think brings us into that being in this world but not of it statement that's known in the Bible and also different esoteric texts that is an invitation, I think, to that evolution that you're speaking of. So if you can share those two, that example for the listener and then also what you've had glimpses or experience on a daily basis of, of being that beyond. So I think uh, the best example I could think of, which most people maybe could relate to, is Again, going more to the basic uh, political spectrum right now with President Trump. Yeah. States of America, right, when he got elected, or as I would call it, selected, because I don't feel there's actually choice through voting in this system. Right. Um, a lot of people get upset, right, especially more people on the progressive end, liberal or leftist, right? And uh, it was very interesting to observe the reaction of, of people who identify themselves as the left or as the roads because they got really, really upset and even angry and mad. And mm. this man with quite some violent reactions, 
And I remember yep. in LA, the, I saw footage of people like having these puppets built of Trump and burning the puppet. Uh, that's a very violent <laughs> voodoo <laughs> kind of black magic, literally from an, from an esoteric like uh, cold perspective. That's you know creates all kinds of uh, <clears throat> you know friction in 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 the, in the unseen world. Um, so. But it was very interesting to see all these uh, well-meaning people who were actually, have, you know, very calm before, but then they, something, the unimaginable happened, so to speak, right? And it's so interesting to observe because I've mentioned not all, but many people who identify against themselves as on the left became that, that which they fought against, right? They became mm. very yep. and hating on the, on the, you know, making fun of Trump, like literally hating on him, disgusting him, and projecting literally onto them in ways uh, <clears throat> that I have virtually never seen before. And it's a very classic example of uh, shadow projection from Jungian psychology, right? That they pro project their, almost their own unconscious shadow onto this man, and that's always happens when you trigger or they get really upset about his tweets and whatnot, and then even exaggerating completely out of proportion because he has not really done anything evil. <laughs> And even, right. <laughs> even if you look at it objectively, if you don't, like myself, I don't identify myself neither with the left or right or middle. I'm not, I'm not into any politics, right? Into this, you know, and I just don't associate, identify with any of that. I don't even believe in government, which is a whole other topic. Right. Um, but, you know, when even objective about it, you look at what, for example, President Obama has done. He has done way more damage and told way more lies in his policies and his drone program than uh, Trump has ever done so far. But everybody loved uh, Obama because he was more eloquent, more nice, more the quote-unquote gentleman. But it's easy to have to hide behind, the, behind this kind of mask, and Trump is more blunt. But from a, sh from a shadow perspective, young perspective, you know, uh, Trump is actually the way I see it exactly the president America deserves to have because mm. he, and it, more than anything else, truly represents what America stands for in, in terms of the deeper shadow of what America is, the imperialism, the bigger, you know, uh, <clears throat> I want more, uh, bigger is better, uh, quantity over quality, the narcissism, right? So the self-made millionaire, I mean, all of that, the American dream, that's a shadow side almost of, of the American dream, which Trump represents, right? So from going back from this dualistic perspective in terms of healing transformation, I see actually uh, Trump as, as, as a teacher. He, has, he has fulfills a teaching role, right? To bring all Absolutely. that up and and, but people do not, you know, they project, they get triggered and externalize it instead of understanding there's something deeper happening, right? And then you fall into the divide and conquer trap, so to, as I call it, because it divides people even more. And like I said, the left against the right, and they hate each other and protest each other. They want to impeach Trump, and that's not going to solve anything, by the way. What's all happening is just symptom management, or cutting, trying to cut the branches of the tree, which will never grow back just deep impeaching Trump and putting another puppet in no matter what right. party will not change anything, right? So the change needs to happen within. So a more conscious response would be actually I go within and see when you're triggered, understanding basic young in psychology, basically, when you're really emotionally upset some, uh, about something or someone and it really triggers a really negative emotions to hate on somebody and somebody really irritates you, that shows to some issue within yourself which is unconscious and you are not aware of. 
right. right? So it's about integrating your shadow instead of becoming so reactive, right? So that is Absolutely. an example of, of, you know, using, you know, understanding the teaching function of a lot of tricksters or people that annoy us or even read it in, in many spiritual teachings or esoteric literature or in shamanism, like, you know, that the, 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 your, your best teacher is your enemy. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that's what it comes down to. So that's, for me, the most obvious example I think most people maybe can relate to. And that's why I also question, like, you know, also I may want to, you know, give a little, uh, you know, thought experiment, so to speak, to, to, to the listeners of, like, or, like, not thought experiment, rather than reflection of why is the need to identify with one side, you know, if the mm. moment you call yourself a liberal or progressive or left or, or the right, I don't care, like, it's, it doesn't matter, right? Just because, <clears throat> for example, I've, I've gotten a lot of flack from the, from the left because I'm like, <laughs> criticize them a lot and like, you know, because I see just the emotional, just loose they're producing and the overactiveness. And then people always judge or project out of their own tunnel vision. I've been acclaimed to be a Trump supporter or right wing when I couldn't be further from that either. Right, but right. we all just caught in this one, you know, either or thinking, this binary dualistic thinking, and not seeing that both are the same sides of the same coin, coin, so to speak. Right, so you know, the moment you identify yourself with any ism, with any side, any of these artificial beliefs, I'm left, I'm Republican, even to the point you identify yourself with a nation, a country, or flag, I'm American, or this and that, which is an artificial product. You're a human being, right? You're just being told that you're American with these imaginary borders, but the moment you take on this identification, you separate yourself from others. And you, mm-hmm. you, know, you defend in a, an abstract, illusory concept. And that's really hard for a lot of people to understand because they're very identified you know, with patriotism, which in a sense, as Krishna Murthy said, patriotism is a disease. Right? Mm-hmm. It creates more friction, and no government can truly give freedom to the individual. It's a closed loop. And that, I mean, it goes deeper from there, but that's just a good example of how people are caught in dualistic thinking on just basic level and on these basic beliefs people take as normal and is even supported in our society. But as Krishnamurti said, it's no measure of health to be well-adjusted to a profoundly sick society, and that's what people are trying to do, (laughs) adjusting to a sick society, and then they get sick, and then unhappiness and more friction and, and suffering and conflict and war and all of that. Right. right. Now to and your second question. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. Perfect. Uh, to your second question about like about what was it again about uh, experiencing a state that is beyond all of that? In yeah. So in I don't know if you're familiar with the Heart Sutra, but it's gone, gone, go beyond. Um, and so it's basically welcoming self. To paraphrase it very simply, uh, to go beyond duality and. Um, from witnessing what you share and uh, knowing you a little bit in person, I would love for you to share your glimpses or state of being in the beyond um, and what you feel or what you've experienced is accessible here now uh, moving through that lens. Yeah, Yeah, basically what it comes down to is more uh, living more in an quote-unquote awakened state but awakening is kind of a trigger word as well. It's not a trigger word, but a loaded word. Right. Very this day and age, because you know, I I wouldn't call myself awakened in the true meaning of the word of like being enlightened, right? There are various right. Things. 
but even these higher states, levels of being and awakened states, it's not this continuous bliss walking on a cloud and nothing happens to you and you're just immune to everything. Right. <laughs> that's, that's a very misconception. It's really grounded in reality. And, and one of these aspects is, you know, of this more awakened state where you transcend duality is you are not reactive anymore, right? You don't really, because you have lost that goal of these identifications truly on an embodied level, let go of them. And some of them I just mentioned before, of identifying with any side or even as in, you know, all these concepts we've been conditioned with or, you know, <clears throat> basically indoctrinated with. So there's more lightness of being. It frees up energy. It actually frees up creative energy, right? And then you also don't live that much out of your head of these mental concepts because all these are mental concepts, right, of identifying yeah. with a certain political party, movement, country, whatever, religion. These are mental concepts, and they restrict the flow. So you free yourself, and then you start to actually enter a whole new reality that kind of moves you more into the flow of life. You're more in the Tao, right, in the flow right. of life. And there's a natural movement, and life actually becomes more effortless. Right? You more respond. You don't push your personal will on it, right? And you also have more cleaned out your interior life through inner work, and don't follow wants, needs, and desires that were not your own to begin with. Because a lot of people, what I notice, also with my clients I work with, um, suffer or just are not happy because they are actually following wants, needs, desires, or have ambitions based on things that are not coming from their true self, but they have been conditioned with, right? Through right. upbringing, education, society, entertainment, all of that or coming out of insecurity, and the more insecure you are within and don't have your inner source, the more you're trying to, uh, <clears throat> you know, grasp, grasp the outside or fill it with stuff or relationship to fulfill something that is lacking within you, right? So once you have shed this more and more, like your, your happiness, your fulfillment, your love doesn't depend that much anymore on anything out there, right? You're not mm. using other stuff or others for your own happiness. So you're more content, you're actually more peaceful, and then more relaxed, and you respond more consciously rather than being reactive, right? And this, does, this state doesn't mean that nothing, like I said, that no quote-unquote bad or negative things doesn't happen or there's no conflict and suffering. I still encounter conflict and suffering in my own way, but I come more in the way I know I flow with it more like, like Bruce Lee said, be like water, right? So whatever mm. I come, I'm kind of like able to move the energy like a martial artist, so to speak, right? And sometimes I'm better at it. Sometimes I still like get <laughs> taken over or I still have my own triggers here and there because I still have my work to do. But it's a different flow. And also one aspect of it is also to take full, you realize that you cannot literally cannot blame anyone or anything anymore. And that's what people like to do, right, who is still, like, uh, more in their conditioned personality, a lot of shadow aspects. They blame others. They blame Trump, blame this, blame, blame the Russians, blame the neighbor. <laughs> yeah. Blame, 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 right? It's always somebody needs to be blamed, right? And even to the point nowadays, it's very pathological, actually, with this whole uh, thing how easily people get offended, right? And now they yeah. blame people, like, for like you said something that offended me and hurt my feelings, right? But that's always right. a basic psychological rule. You can never make anybody responsible for the way you feel. It's still your choice how you re react to it, right? Right. But people take themselves too serious, and then the more you identify with ego and personality, the easier you get offended with the, your, the more identifications you have.
but the true self, the true, the soul essence doesn't get offended. It couldn't care less about all these things, right? So it is more, again, it comes down more effortless flow, but then also you tune into nature more beyond five sensory cognition, and you see there's actually a guidance, which I call there's a divine guidance in nature, and there's, you work with symbolisms, and there's synchronicities, and all this guidance is open to us, and that moves you closer to your own individual soul purpose and soul lessons you're here to learn, and all the talents you have deep within, and then you have freed up more creative energy through, you know, transcending more this du- state of duality and you can really do profound work in terms of service of others, helping others or your own creative work and that's truly aligned with who you are on an individual basis and another um, effect of it is there's no more, no competition, right? I have no sense I don't need to compete with anyone <laughs> and also you let go of what I call the disease of comparison. Too many of us, we compare ourselves with others all the time, mm. right? I mean, insecure, and I should should do this because he is doing this, or, or then the, we feel superior than others or inferior. Like so, that's another you know um, sign of of this state that you let go of. You don't feel neither superior or inferior, right? You see, this more right. everybody has its place, and you see that there's no mistake in reality. God doesn't make a mistake. Everything has its place. Even evil has its right to exist because he understands its purpose from this evolutionary perspective of, uh, of, of the evolution of consciousness or soul evolution, right? It's just right. transcending, you know, that, that, that left versus right or black versus dark versus light uh, duality, but it encompasses it all. So it's more, you know, that kind of summarizes it, and it's not like, you know, I still have my down days, obviously, and my, I got my own triggers, my, still my lessons I need to learn, right? But I'm definitely not thrown off by... A lot of the stuff people, in you know, would I say general people who are still kind of like plugged into the matrix, so to speak, as I call it, right. believe in, in culture and in, in, in these political movements and are very identified with it. So once you really, and it's transcended that, and by transcending it, I don't mean a- apathy. I don't mean like, I don't know, whatever, you know, I don't mean it's right. like most joined and sitting on the couch and not caring, right? It's right. the awakened state. <laughs> right. Uh, without Absolutely. kind of, it's not numbing yourself, right? That's that's very important to point out. Yeah, and if you can share, because a lot of what happens in, from my perspective, especially in quote unquote spiritual or new age communities or even yoga communities, there's a lot of escapism because it feels good. It's like, oh, I, I can be out of body and float, yeah. and it's all like I've heard you reference and what I reference a lot like that peace, love, happiness movement. <laughs> and it's, that's like the drug, you know, the gateway drug to ignore that which you actually have to address. <laughs> um, so if you can share a little bit with the listeners, because then we're going to go into these things that people might be afraid of. But it's really, from my perspective, important, uh, especially on a, even someone that's, you know, been invited to be on a shamanic path, like a true shamanic path, you have to understand the dualistic nature so you can navigate it to move beyond. If you can share with the, the listener a little bit about why, from your perspective, it's so important to do that inner work, meaning that when those triggers come up, that's an invitation to like, ooh, be with it. I even noticed, I think in the past, I don't know when you posted it, but I saw you like, instead of numbing out, 
as you just said, it's like, ooh, this is uncomfortable, but I can be with it, and how empowering that is um, within that moment. If you can share with the listeners a little bit about what that invitation is about or that opportunity is about in that moment. Well, in a sense, it is about, you know, when you really study, as I mentioned, like, you know, basic Jungian psychology, but you go back in the end, the true ancient or esoteric teachings, much of it has been suppressed or commercialized pop spirituality or very watered down or just very much distorted. That the true awakening, the waking up is not this, like, linear road of always up feeling high, better, love, bliss, which is a lot of what you just mentioned, New Ages or pop spirituals, even like pop yoga practitioners get addicted yeah. on, right? Just the bliss experience, and then they do yoga, breath work, all kinds of stuff, kundalini to raise in and just, and just create, literally just create chemicals in the brain that give that a high, but it's not a true awakening, actually. And a lot of, without... Uh, exception all the other teachings have warned about these side effects not to get distracted by these psychic phenomena so to speak or internal states which people then get addicted to and which then also leads to what you just mentioned spiritual bypassing right and then same the shamanic path when people get addicted to the peak experiences on medicine plants ayahuasca but that's not a true awakening can actually also install a fall you know, full um, enlightenment state, or one can fool oneself that one has healed, right? And uh, it's, it's, it can be very damaging. So, but from a de- uh, true uh, esoteric perspective, these are the, the awakening process is not, as I mentioned, linear road up, but it's like a spiral up and spiral down and around all at the same time because everything needs to come up. Mm. And there's a great. Uh, called uh, Carl Jung said, he mentioned no tree can reach to heaven which doesn't have its roots in hell, right? Mm. Similar Sri Aurobindo from Integral Yoga said no one can reach to heaven who has not walked through hell. And that's the true, that's what it comes down. That's why we need to transmute the shadow to go into the dark. Shadow work is the name of the game on on a collective level or on an interpersonal level. Right, so everything needs to be revealed. Everything needs to come up. Whatever we've been hiding, running away, all our fears, suffering, grievances, whatever we are holding back and never looked at, needs to come up, and needs to be looked at, needs to be transmuted, needs to be uh, <coughs> brought to light. Right, and that's the whole true meaning of of of, uh, um, of of light work as well, so to speak. It is shadow work because you're shining light into the shadow. Right. Well, as Carl Jung said as well, it's no measure of, and uh, that was, uh, sorry, almost a repeated Christian Buddhist again, <laughs> um, um, was, uh, you know, enlightenment in a sense is not imagining about figures of light, but by making the darkness conscious, right? Oh, yeah, and enlightenment in a sense is it's a, it's a very destructive process. It, you know, part of it is the shamanic descent into the underworld to battle with demons within and without, right? It's a, is the complete eradication of what we ever believe to be true, so to speak. And it uh, entails utter disillusionment, right? It's the death of the personality to be reborn in your true self. That's actually the, you know, the meaning of the analogy of Jesus dying on the cross and then being reborn in, his, in the Christ self, in his true self, right? It's not to be taken literal. It's a, it's a, a metaphor for an, for an alchemical process. To born, you know, is to... Uh, you know, transmute lead into gold from ego consciousness into spirit. 
But mm. the ego doesn't give up. All these wounds, all the stuff we have, our conditioned personality likes to hold on. And to break through that can be sometimes very painful and literally results in a disillusionment. And this disillusionment process is what most people want to avoid because it's not comfortable, right? Or sometimes, especially in this day and age, you know, Adya Shanti said something great, and I, I can see this as well. He said, like, you know, with this term awakening, everybody wants to be away, uh, wake up, right? But what Adya Shanti said, uh, <clears throat> I'm kind of paraphrasing, he said, you know, a lot of people talk about awakening, right? They want to wake up, but what they actually want is they want to uh, be happy in their dream state and not go through a true awakening, mm-hmm. right? So they want to awaken on their own terms. They have like a little more everything, but they don't want to like threaten their bourgeois comfort, so to speak. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's what you see. That's why how these teachings get very distorted, right? And then even the other end, like, ties into the distortion of law of attraction and create your own reality. And then spiritual materialism comes in in all of that. But, you know, now we are in the face also collectively as a divine force of trying to anchor itself through, to say it bluntly, shit's coming up. You cannot avoid yep. it. The more you suppress it, the worse it will get and can also manifest in disease, illness, you know, because it cannot go anywhere. It, you know, nature doesn't abhor a vacuum. It needs to expand and trans- be transmitted and come out. So the best we can, what we can do is consciously engage in this process of making the darkness conscious, of truly feeling what comes up and uh, not avoiding it, right? And also not projecting it on the outside onto other people, or yeah. other, but taking self, full self-responsibility because there's something bigger happening which we or the ego mind we identify with has no control over whatsoever. And the more right. we try to control this, the, the more suffering we will actually experience. Absolutely. So within that, let's, let's go to entities. Uh, and so, you know, there comes a time and place you mentioned, you know, you can do, in the Tao, it's like, Everything's phenomena, you know, in Zen practice. Like, you know, so even to have the checks and balance, if you went down a plant medicine, you know, exploration, then you might realize, like, wow, am I getting attached to this experience? Or, wow, this, this you know, you start adopting certain beliefs as truth um, for whatever you're maybe destined to evolve. But beyond, you know, these maybe attachments to what we think we know or attachments to what we think awake, awake is, there comes a time and a place as I, I have perceived it on my own path where you, you start to have an awareness that, you know, there are beings and there are entities that are at play. And if you're not aware of that and how to navigate that, you're limiting yourself because you're kind of saying, I'm going to pretend that that doesn't exist, but it really does. <laughs> and yeah. with the different elders that I've, I've worked with, you know, they're very, like, clear about that. And they don't even, like, you know, when they see it, I'll call it what I call ignorance, an ignorant human being just saying, oh, there's this beautiful cyan pool over there. But the, the, the seduction might be to dive into that pool because it looks so pristine and beautiful. But it's actually quite dangerous to do that if you've allowed yourself to see all that is in any moment. And that could be overwhelming if you jumped right there. So um, I know some, like some of my clients, I've referred them to your work because they keep, you know, beating their head against the same questions. And I'm like, 
let's just have you contemplate some of this. So if you can share a little bit of what happens when we start to transform, we start to evolve, how strong these opposing forces get. It's almost like, ooh, we're liberating ourselves. But then they come back in like twice as hard sometimes just to test to see, are you, did you really give it up? <laughs> or do I have a place here? And then if you can also share for the person that might be listening to the same, what are you talking about, entities in possession, and um, no, that doesn't happen, that person to welcome them into a state of awareness to like really start to observe reality as it is versus the reality as they want to perceive it. Yeah. So there are a couple of things happening on the awakening process. You know, first I said it's, an, it's, an, uh, it's, a, it's descend to descend at the same time. It's, a, it's you know, like, you know, it, it, you know, in order, the deeper you fall, the higher you can rise. So in other words, the higher you want to rise, the deeper you need to go. So mm-hmm. in that process, you're changing your frequency, right? You're starting to embody the divine force because you're not trying to escape the world. You want to bring, anchor the divine here. That's the key, right? Too many, it's not about escaping the world, right? It's not about, um, you know, like I mentioned before, like just meditating in a cave and just trying to, uh, you know, find enlightenment in samadhi or anything like that. I mean, there's a lot of distortion in these Eastern practices as well. Actually, Sri Aurobindo, whose work I've studied, and for me a true esoteric master, was highly critical of all yogis, you know, trying to escape the world through samadhi or meditation and all of that, or staying in nirvana and whatnot, which is actually not a true light state, but to really anchor the force here. So, but it's all about frequency. So this matrix frequency, as I call it, this ego consciousness resonates in a certain frequency. And that frequency actually is literally food for other forces in other dimensions, other densities, or cold forces, and that's actually a, a truth that has been conveyed in all esoteric teachings in, before they have been corrupted. So in the uncorrupted teachings, you, you, they talk about this force that keeps humanity locked into this frequency presence. And food is not necessarily physical food, but frequency is food, energy is food. Our soul essence is food for these beings. And, you know, you can see it from the Hermeticism, they call about the, the lords of destiny or the Gnostics called the Archons, or mm-hmm. call them the occult forces from the Native American tradition, the Wetiko, uh, alien mm-hmm. virus, or you go into Sufism and the Jing. Or you can, uh, in, uh, actually in esoteric Christianity, before the church hijacked all of that and made a dogma out of it, <laughs> yep. talk about uh, the general law that keeps humanity in its place. So they all talk about the same force and same beings, and not all beings in the spiritual realm are benevolent. But they can, the tricky part is they can actually disguise themselves as benevolent mm. beings. They can oppose yep. as beneficial beings, and that can be very tricky. If that, like what you mentioned, if people are not aware I don't have this deeper spiritual foundation because out in the unseen world it's like a jungle out there and this can be very deceptive. Yeah. Right? But what also happens once you start an awakening process, these forces come, will actually, you create more attention. They try to put you back into your place. So they will interfere, attack you, and create all kinds of um, trouble and obstacles, most often to thought injections, interferences, emotional manipulation, or working through other people trying to get to you. So they, these are called facts, so to speak. You can also you can you can verify it for yourself, but you will never find the verification through a five sensory scientific method, right? Right. 
Yeah. But it's like part of the awakening process is you need to establish also yogi con- true yogic consciousness where you have a perception beyond the five sensory cognition. And right. that doesn't necessarily mean that you're clairvoyant and see these beings and entities and energies. I, I'm not a clairvoyant, but I definitely have a, like a clairsentient, more of a clairsentient energy. I'm highly sensitive and can sense more intrusions through my own mind and understand you know, what's happening and or see in other people and see how these forces work and the, you know all of humanity is affected by these forces, but most vast majority obviously has no awareness of it because they work in very subtle ways and their influences merges with the personality of the person. And for example, through thought injection, most of us we identify with our thoughts, right? Right. And we have been influenced by this by this force for not only thousands but hundreds of thousands of years. So they have also infiltrated certain belief systems which we have then taken on. We think that it is our own. They've installed, you know, the dogmatic monolithic religions and very distorted, you know, the esoteric <coughs> teachings, very distorted esoteric teachings we see now in, in in religion. Or they have also implanted the belief of government, right? That's actually an icon, an iconic creation. We don't question that we if we need government, right? Because we have living under these systems and of control for so long that we take them as normal, just quote unquote human nature. But that again, <clears throat> we don't question human nature either, right? Because we never question anything. We believe in official history, official evolution, and we somehow assume that we are the main show on this planet, which we are not. Right. And that, again, all these teachings talk about. But, again, in this awakening process, <laughs> the, you know, these obstacles come in. And, but, again, this is nothing evil, right? They're just doing what these forces, they feed off of certain emotions and frictions, right, emotional luge. By the way, they feed off very much of all the projection against uh, Trump. That's just perfect food for them. That's exactly what they want. <laughs> mm, absolutely. Uh, any, any form of trigger projection. Um, but there's again nothing evil. There's, that's no more evil than us eating plants or animals, right? Yeah. Life eats life, and we are simply not on top of the food chain. And again, I said consciousness is food, not only just physical uh, material. Uh, but from this higher uh, spiritual or esoteric perspective, they also ha- have a teaching function, right? Again, uh, so it's nothing that there's wrong and you need to get rid of them because they only tag into us or attack us where we have our blind spots and weaknesses. So we can use them instead of blaming these beings, entities, or these forces, to use them as teachers, quote-unquote, because they highlight the stuff you need to work on yourself, to cut off the food source, to heal yourself. And the more we become whole, embodied, and anchored in the divine force through shadow work and other ways, the less they can affect us. And that until you get to a a level of frequency, <clears throat> we are truly transcend the matrix and become a true sovereign spiritual being under the, you know, under divine will and with the conscious connection to the divine. So, yeah. but it's the archetypal battle of dark and light, and it's working through us. The war, the war is literally through us. And like many masters and all the teachings have talked about, we are not in control of ourselves. We are manipulated and moved and controlled by forces we have no awareness of. So these are the negative. They are also positive forces, definitely divine forces that also mm. help and guide us and support us, but not in ways like most people assume they don't necessarily bail us out, right? Right, Because yep. they understand a higher, truly <clears throat> positive, for, evolved force, an angelic being, whatever he may be, understands the meaning of life on, on 3D uh, Earth, so to speak. That's about soul evolution. 
and we need to learn our own lesson, no matter how even as hard as they may be, because from the higher perspective, there's actually no good or bad experience, it's just experience and whatever the soul needs to experience until it learns its lessons, and we don't get to move on until we learn them, right? So they're also not going to interfere with us, right? So there's, you know, a lot of deception out there, especially that ties into, like, more the fringe, like people talk about UFOs and benevolent aliens or the whole world of channeled materials can be very sketchy, right? Right. It can be most often these... Um, negative occult forces posing as positive ones if you don't have the discernment right on a on a deeper body level and it's no similar than you know when as a parent you have a child right you realize the child sometimes needs to hurt itself as well like you cannot just always save it right same our these divine higher forces right they support us but in more subtle ways maybe through synchronicities right the right book or teaching comes along the right person opportunity if we are aware enough and can tune into that, that helps us to move on. But again, the lessons, we need to learn the lessons on our own, right? And, and step by step, and then we have our, own, our individual journey, right? But there are these other forces that <clears throat> can make the, the path towards awakening very hard, and they throw obstacles into our lives. And then, on to top it off, the New Age has distorted all of these things with a very distorted uh, application of law of attraction, right? Very oversimplified, basically, when something, whatever happens to you is because you're attracted to you because of your thoughts, emotions, or whatever, right? Right, yep. Um, and so when you're something bad is happening to this, oh, it's your fault because you must have had, like, a bad attitude or something, right? Right. Uh, but not, you know, if you're truly sincere on this path towards awakening, you know, a lot of things you attract will come to you, these attacks, is not because of your bad thoughts or anything, but because you are a threat to the system, to these forces, right? So actually you're doing something right <laughs> if you get that kind of attention. Right. It's just, it's just a matter of how you use it, uh, you know, like in, in terms of a ter- teaching function, but it's not a result of having a bad attitude or, or negative thoughts or anything like that. All right, so that's that's... With all, again, you know, suppression of knowledge is the name of the game and, and disinformation, especially in, 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 in the New Age of pop spirituality, what's most often truth mixed with lies, and then people who are not discerning or don't have deep understanding and not involved in sincere inner work, they usually swallow the, uh, the lies of the truth. I call it the shit sandwich, <laughs> a lie <laughs> between two truths, right? So they're not right. very discerning. But then all, it's just no judgment. It's all try and error. I, you know, learned the hard way most often. I'm still try and error, so I'm finding my way through it. And, you know, it's, 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 it's a roller coaster. But, uh, yeah, that's the best. I can put this topic into a nutshell in 15 minutes. <laughs> in <a few> minutes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I equate it to walking on the razor's edge. You know, you can, you can fall off to the right or to the left in an instant, <laughs> but you get back up and, you know, in a, a true shamanic path, uh, you realize that in a moment you can slip, but you, you'll, if there's a lightheartedness, there's a levity there from my perspective, not an attachment to like joy or happiness, but this lightness, this movement that says, oh, whoa, I slipped, but here I come back again. Um, so when we talk about you know, these forces being there, doing their work, you know, uh, you know, I kind of have like 
thank you for that's your job to be evil perceptually evil thank you for holding that tension and thank you for being holding that goofy tension over there <laughs> so i can explore here in the middle um you know it's that balancing beam if, if you can share a little bit um how in the simplest form to start because you talked about in a true yogic sense what happens when you enter that system you know it's not about doing the perfect posture and the way and taking a selfie and showing it to the world what naturally happens from my experience my own personal experience is things start to fall away you know you start to access these beyond sense pleasure uh, experiences and they really can't they can't actually be put into writing or I can't tell you and expect you to understand because it's something that I'm internally that's like realized and then then it's self responsibility to decide how you want to apply that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um if if you can share a little bit with the listeners as to maybe the advantage to start to understand the forces and pull out, because the political discussion that you brought up in the beginning of this discourse is so powerful, because I, I think even for myself, it was one of the most alarming things to witness. I was like, I was like, wow, you know, all of a sudden I'm like, wow, these forces are like flying at you. You just open up social media and you feel like there's thousands of arrows coming out towards people, you know, to attack them feed off them, so to speak. Uh, so if you can share that value of really being able to see uh, these energies that are welcoming you to learn about self and what happens when you, for, for self as you continue to evolve um, with them and learn to surf and flow with them versus feeling like attacked by them. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Well, the way I like to phrase it is because I'm not, you know, I realize my work, first of all, I know is not for everyone, nor is these teachings for everyone. Everybody, we need to always consider that everybody is on a different level of evolution, so to speak. And not, I don't mean this in soul evolution. I don't mean this in, in, a, in a value judgment. But with 7 billion people on this planet, there's vast different, different levels of beings, right, and soul lessons and talents. And that's another misconception, by the way, the assumption that we are, yes, we are one, but we're not all the same. Right. Right. So a lot of this knowledge or this kind of is not for everyone, right? Literally, their soul may not be ready for it. And again, there's no judgment. We all have been where, where everybody else has been, right? But instead of like, because in the beginning, I would also like, because I'm so, you know, there's been this journey like, you know, I've come across these topics already 15 years ago and then, more in my revolutionary days, trying to make people aware, like almost forcefully, and that's not going to happen. <laughs> you got to right. <laughs> respect the law of free will, right, and, and everybody right. in their own time. Um, but what I've noticed, basically, instead of telling people why they, quote-unquote, should become aware of these forces and under, you know, learn about them, I would suggest, uh, you know, suggest uh, to say that whoever is truly sincere and I don't, you know, sincerity in the true meaning of the word, sincere, 100% committed to waking up and to seeking truth will inevitably come across these forces, either through an experience directly or through their studies of, of learning uh, esoteric and, and spiritual uh, teachings, right? So it's, it's inevitable. And, um, and, you know, I've learned the most, through my personal experience and then, you know, reflecting back on, on other esoteric teachings ha has helped me to put into context to actually confirm what I've experienced, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, let's just put it this way. There's way more to reality than we see what's going on at 3D level, right? 
So all, everything relates to this hyperdimensional force that is influencing humanity and has influenced humanity for hundreds and thousands of years. And what we see on the physical level is just the uh, <coughs> manifested symptoms. So trying to uh, you know, initiate change through institutions, through governments, through social act, uh, activism, all of that, you know, gives maybe like a high and appeals to the ego most often because you think you're doing something great but it's not changing anything in the long run because it's just like Krishna Modi said, it's, it's basically changing the tapestry of a prison you're not even aware you're in. Mm. And, and so, again, with these forces, like, you know, I feel like, and you mentioned at the beginning, like, you know, that you know, scary things so people may be afraid of it. Like, you know, as long as, as long as there's still fear of these topics or like, makes you uneasy, then there's, it's a sign there's a lack of understanding or knowledge, mm. right? Yeah. So that's, because fear in a sense is an illusion anyway, right? <clears throat> it doesn't exist right. at the present moment. And uh, for me in my life, I mean, and fear never came into the equation. It's not that I'm particularly brave or anything, but I'm just, maybe that's also my path, but I was more like fascinated and I'm just like truly, sincerely driven by understanding, wanting to know the truth, whatever it may be, right? I didn't like, set out the truth to, you know, I didn't uh, expect or plan to find what I found out, right? But right. there it is, and hence I share about it, right? And it definitely goes against everything we've believed, and I've dealt with my own, especially since I'm so outspoken in public, definitely with public attacks and differences and all of that, right? So that's, that's just the name of the game, so to speak. Uh, but again, I mean, I can only suggest to peers behind the veil, so to speak, to tr truly question deeply, right? And also ask yourself, or people should kind of recommend to ask themselves, how sincere are you? How, how much are you willing to know truth, to see truth, even if it conflicts with everything you ever believed in, right? And how sincere are you in the awakening process, right? Do you truly want to awaken, or do you want to just have a pleasant life? You know, and then some people I ask this question at some of my retreats, and then some people say, "Well, I want, bo I want both," and that's exactly the problem right there. <laughs> mm. Right, the struggle within the ego between the soul essence, so to speak. And I'm not saying that we cannot have a pleasant life. Obviously, yeah, that's the ultimate to transcend suffering. But the way there is is not easy, right? We always go more want to go more fleeting, at, you know, <clears throat> pleasures but not the eternal, like, uh, substance, you know, within us. And as even mm. written, find the kingdom within first, and then everything else, you know, all the ridges will be laid to you, so to speak. I'm just completely paraphrasing yeah. Him, yeah. that quote. But that's really what it is about, right? Uh, mm. But, you know, and then <clears throat> that's the struggle. So the struggle, again, is within. So it really comes down, and it's, it's about the individual, right? To really right. ask each of us home, you know, these questions. Absolutely. And when we go back to just a little bit back, and I know I'm holding you a little bit longer, so I apologize <laughs> than I promised. Uh, when we go back to quantum field, and you brought up like, uh, what is it, the law of attraction, which is a, like a spiritual psyop, I would consider it, you know, it's a distraction from some of these inner places, maybe there's some truth within it. But if you go into a quantum field, even where indigenous people will have prophecy and behold it, but they, what's fascinating is they won't change it. They don't like try to like go out there and go, I have to change what I'm seeing. 
if you can share a little bit from your perspective about feeling into the quantum field of energy that's flowing, constantly flowing, constantly changing, and we're adapting to, and that how, because within my own journey, I'm like, wow, some of, some of the stuff is so woven in. So for me to even tell someone, oh, you can instantly demand, you know, a new Rolls Royce, let's say, <laughs> would be, I don't know, kind of silly for me to say that to anyone <laughs> because I, I know beyond that, right? Um, so if you can share within that quantum field of being able to navigate for self and what you're feeling into and then how to best serve that moment because we might feel in that quantum field and be like, whoa, I have a lot of suffering to walk through, but not to like pull away from it, but be like, wow, I have the opportunity to transform, you know, or whatever it might be. You know, that's just yeah, an example. I mean, you know, the way I like to answer that is also, by the way, I want to mention the law of attraction, the, the pop as it's popularized. It's, it's, it's again, truth makes of lies. There's truth to it, but there's a whole different meaning. From an esoteric perspective, actually like attracts like it was, it was actually addressed to the sincere seeker, that the seeker attracts to him or her the experience he needs to in order to learn the lessons, in order to transcend to the divine, you know, to wake up. So that includes right. not only pleasant experiences, but even difficult lessons that serve as initiation, like necessary initiation. Right. So that's the true meaning of the law of attraction. It was geared towards the adept of esoteric work. Mm. Now, the quantum field, like I feel that ties in, again, the awakening up, you know, ties in the, it doesn't mean that uh, the more spiritual are, the, the, you know, like, you know, it's, it's okay to be poor or poverty. And I'm also, it's not about denying the material side of life at all, right? Although that has also then kind of become very, uh, how can I say it, um, you know, also uh, distorted in the sense that we abuse spiritual uh, knowledge to enrich our, you know, uh, uh, to fulfill our greed and whatnot and material addictions, right? Um, but, you know, when you are, I feel it is about, you know, the, uh, for example, you see a lot of it like with uh, people wanting to manifest certain things in their lives, a partner, some material stuff or attract and this and that. But the, tr- the more you shed all of your conditioning and desires, the more you get aligned with the divine force and become actually conscious and transducer of divine will, which is uh, expressing itself uniquely through your individual self, right? And that activates its own uh, um, talents, what you have, which you may not be even aware of. And within that, so you always truly get what you truly need and you truly merge personal will with divine will, right? So you have then a much higher power of creativity to actually uh, influence that quantum field, so to speak, from this mm-hmm. higher level of being. But there's also a state of being where you're like so beyond ego consciousness, so you're not really necessarily interested in like, oh, I'm going to manifest a two million house, uh, million whatever, house in the next year or whatever, right? You're just manifesting what you know truly need in a soul lesson also to do the work you're here, right? And right. you can create a certain lifestyle, but it's never like coming from this need of, you know, what the need we usually experience in our ego consciousness. Um, it's, it's, it's simply aligned with something higher, and that's, again, like you mentioned before, it's really hard to put into words all of this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but really, it's a state of being. And, yeah. 
and then you know then you don't don't need to uh, really because you're so in the flow you're so aligned then whatever you truly need will you you materialize it in a sense but it's not coming from this forceful oh i need to manifest this now you know yeah. state of mind absolutely yeah so so um to honor <laughs> you and our time i i love to invite you back um, you mentioned at the beginning before we got on air that you were, you've been working diligently to develop a deeper course where people can dive into everything we've discussed that are probably there sincerely ready to do that work because, again, it's not for, um, you know, well, I guess someone could be window shopping, but they might realize it's more than they bargained for. Uh, so if you can share a little bit about that before we exit out today, I would love to give the listeners a chance to understand what you have coming up on the horizon. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I mean, first of all, I can uh, suggest, I mean, maybe you mentioned this anyway, about my website, veilofreality.com. There's all my writings, videos, webinars, films. Uh, there's a lot on there already. And I'm currently working on a new webinar. It's going to be it's quite a project because I really want to dive deeper into these forces, occult forces, the hyperdimensional forces, arconic forces that affect us. I'm going to talk about entity attachment, interference, how to protect oneself, how to uh, do exorcism, deep possession, and all of that. And I'm not claiming to have know it all and have all the experience, but I have some of it through personal experience working with my clients and, and the teachings and, 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 and resources I've studied and all of that, confirming also my own experiences. So I wanted to combine it all, compile it all, into a webinar to give to give people some practical advice, you know, how to deal with these forces, so to speak, in light of soul evolution and, and in all of that. And that's, you know, I've been working on the past few months, and I tend to get very focused and into it. And <laughs> so it's going to be a long one, like I don't need a few hours uh, webinar. Yeah. And um, I'm not sure I'm probably going to do it. Uh, September or October. I'm not even sure. Usually I do them live. I don't even know if I'm going to do this one live now because it might be maybe as well three or four hours. Right. So I made this pre-recorded. And uh, then, you know, these kind of things, because I put a lot of work, I'm just usually then sell them on my website. People, you know, can check out. But this one is definitely more for the quote-unquote advanced student, like people who already, like, have, you know, been in this for a while, so to speak. I mean, everybody's willing, you know, can check it out. But if anybody has not familiar with this topic at all, it might be a bit overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and as we close out, one other thing, if you could share, since we didn't totally, that's why I'm going to have to have you come back and talk about possession, or maybe it'll be the appetizer to your segment or uh I don't know, after dinner elixir. But if you could share uh, a little bit about how to keep yourself fully, um, in the most basic terms, in a space of expressing your own free will, contained within your energetic field the best you can so you're not as susceptible to the influences of these other forces that are definitely kind of watching. The most simplest term, um, staying in body and getting out of the head mm. and in the present moment. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Yeah. Uh, that, the mind is a dangerous, a dangerous tool we have. <laughs> exactly. uh, for sure. So, Bernard, I want to thank you so much for being here today. It's uh, 
exciting topics that I love to delve in. So it's nice to be able to uh, hear from you and have you share your wisdom. Thank you so much, Susanna. Once again, I want to thank Bernard for being here today. And as inspired, connect to his work below. The links to his blog and his website are below. We will let you know when his new course is available. And we're going to exit out with a little Alex Bridges move. Uh, take a moment to be in body and contemplate the wisdom that you just received. Until next time, this is she signing out with a full heart, a soft gaze, and a deep bow. Be simply.
by The sun is heading down 